as I mentioned, as we've been in this, this series of um, praying and fasting over the last 21 days, um, it's been an intentional, purposeful focus for us as a church to, to be ready for, for what God is speaking to us here and now. And so if you've missed the last couple of Sundays, you can jump back on to essenceplace.org and watch the previous Sunday sermons. But what we've been looking at is this um, collective but also individual call to see um, and hear from God and understand to, the, the way that we're committed to seeking God, to see God's will and God's way worked out in our lives. And, and as we've done this, what we've been looking at is three focuses for us that um, as a community, as a body of Christ that we're focused in on. Last Sunday, our first focus was um, looking at restore relationship. And we talked about what it means to see restored relationship between God and ourselves and, and, and how we work to see a strengthened relationship there. And then we talked about what it means to see a restored and strengthened relationship with one another and how important, especially culturally right now, it is for us to see the, the restored relationship happening between us and others. But then finally, we talked about how important it is for us to have a restored relationship with ourselves, which kind of on the surface level makes you go, huh? How can I, how can I be separated from myself? But we looked at the fact that as we seek to know God more, we understand ourselves more. And the more that we understand what God's showing us about ourselves, the more that we understand God and how there's this back and forth way that we start to discover and understand and kind of tune in to what's going on inside of us. And especially when we've been in seasons where we've been like, just kind of like survival mode, we can kind of get disconnected from what's really happening beneath the surface of our life and how important it is as in all of those the way that they come together to see a restored relationship. And then secondly, and what we're going to focus on today is um, to seek God as a community for a refreshed vision and that we're seeking out to, to have a refreshed vision and we'll, we'll explore that more. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at renew commitment. And those are our prayer focuses each week. And so as we're looking at those and, and praying for God to work in our community, what we're realizing is that um, it's so vital for us to be in a place of receiving from God and know that God is, is speaking into us, but it's not just to fill us up, but to actually fill us up to overflowing. And so through a season of praying and fasting, what we've done is we're, we're creating space. We're clearing out some clutter in our lives to be able to have space to hear God speak and, and then to respond to it. And so today, as we look at this refreshed vision, one of the things that really struck me was um, how often and how easy it is for us to, to kind of stop seeing things as though they are, the way that they are. It's kind of like, you know, when something sort of becomes the wallpaper that you don't notice anymore. And so, you know, I know for yourself, like when you enter into a new space, maybe you start a new job for the very first time um, in, in a certain working environment or just um, in a new team of people, or maybe you've made a move from, you know, an apartment to a, to a house or, or you move from one house to another, you see things really fresh in the beginning, right? Like you see it um, in the way that like outsiders and other people probably see it and understand it. But the longer that you live there or the longer that you work in a space, you get familiar with it, you get comfortable with it, and you don't have to think about it anymore. I've shared this story before, I believe, at Essence Place, but um, it fits so well when we talk about this idea of having refreshed vision. Um, earlier, la it was actually last year, um, I was given the gift by my family of um, some new bookcases, and they were Ikea bookcases. And um, Ikea, if you know anything about Ikea, everything comes like in the box, like it's completely flat and you have to assemble all of it. And so we went, we picked up the bookcases and they're in these two like long, like they're six foot tall boxes, kind of skinny, but really heavy. And we pick them up at Ikea and we get home and we get them from the car into the house. And they're, they're really, I mean, they were heavy and we get them 
in the back door, and then um, when you come in the back door of our house, we've got a little skinny hallway that then goes into the, the next part of the house. And we basically just got them inside the door and set them down in that hallway along the wall, stacked up, and then they just sat there. And they didn't just sit there for a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. They were there for a while because they, their eventual landing place where they are now is down in the basement and down into like a finished room in our basement where now they actually have books on them. But what was so crazy about it is this hallway is already skinny. Like when we're trying to get ready to go out the door and we're all putting our coats on, we're like bumping into each other. But in the season and the, the weeks where the bookcases were sitting there, like they were taking up so much of the hallway that even like my younger kids, they would just step on top of the boxes and just walk down the hall to get down the hall past people because we just gotten comfortable to the boxes being there. And they were so long that they were actually sticking out into the doorway here where if you try to go to the door, you actually had to step around it. But we'd just gotten used to it. And we didn't even see it anymore. And then it gets to a point where it's almost kind of awkward because it's like we've learned how to just navigate around a thing that really shouldn't even be there. And, and I only use that as an illustration for us of how our vision, we, you know, we want to believe and trust that what we see with our eyes is, is telling us the truth. But sometimes our eyes and the way our brains are wired is we kind of stop seeing things for what it really is. We stop seeing it for the dynamics that are there, we just see it for what we know it and we think it to be. And there's probably a whole medical background to this, and I could put you on the spot, Devendra, and ask you, why does our brain work this way? But medically, like, we know that, you know, there, there are reasons why our brain is able to kind of tunnel vision in and, and tune certain things out. But what's so important for us, when we, when we start to shift this into a place of thinking about vision, especially vision related to our, our visual, um, our spiritual dynamic, it becomes vitally important for us to be in a place, especially in the season of praying and fasting, where we're praying for God to refresh our vision, to, to reframe the way that we see things, to kind of pull the, pull the scales back from our eyes, to you know, take the sunglasses off and to see it fresh and new again. And we know, especially like culturally right now, the idea of a vision, like it's a, it's a buzzword, like within, you know, the business world or, you know, if there's a, a new administration, it's what is that administration's vision for this organization, vision for this country. And so it's this place where we, we kind of are familiar with the word vision and what it means to kind of have a vision for something. But sometimes we may not really understand what it means to have vision when it applies to our own lives in relationship to God, in relationship to our spirituality. And so my, my prayer is that for this morning is that, you know, we would have a refresh of a vision and we would understand, you know, in a biblical context, what does it mean to have a vision from God of, uh, for our lives and for our community, for our church? And what does it mean to, to work toward that vision? And so as we look at um, scripture this morning, what I want us to see is that um, there is this God-directed, God-given vision that brings transformation to us, and it, it really starts to transform who we are. If you think about it, when you look at the, the Gospels, especially Jesus' teaching, so much of Jesus' teaching was about giving his followers and those that were listening a vision of the world as it could be with the kingdom of God being here and now. And so constantly, people were in this place of, of almost clashing with the message of Jesus because they had been taught to see the world and the powers of this world and been taught to, you know, who God the Father was in, in one way and in one uh, dynamic, in one context with one vision. But then Jesus comes as his full embodiment of God with us, Emmanuel, and he starts to teach 
a new way, a new way of understanding and having a, a vision of the world that is so intimately connected to seeing God's kingdom, um, yes, for eternity, but also for here and now. And so in the same way, you know, God, God invites us into this place of receiving and hearing from God so that we will see things in a different way so that we will begin to see things, maybe to see it once again or for the first time in the way that God sees things. And so this morning, first, I just want to, you know, kind of pull back a little bit from even getting um, directly into like, how do we discover vision or, you know, what is God's vision for us? And first, just talk about like, what is vision, especially in a, in a scriptural context, in a, in a biblical, like spiritual context, what does it mean to have vision? And so if you're taking notes first, you can just write down, you know, what is vision? Now, generally, and again, this is going to get a little more teaching for a second, but generally vision is, it is a picture for the future. And that could be for a group or for an individual. And so when we think about it in a biblical context or in a, in a community of faith, what we're saying is that this, this vision of the preferred potential possible future is informed by the teaching of scripture, but at the same time, and this is what's key, and we're going to look at this through the morning, is it's, it's informed by scripture, it comes from God's word, but it's also developed and, and, and contextualized by um, direct communication with God through prayer and listening to how do we take the word of God and then put it in the context of our own life or our own community. So in other words, um, we can always know what God's will is or what God's vision is for the church and for our lives just by reading the Bible, just by reading scripture. Like it tells us it's this revealed will of God for all of creation. And it, and it lays out dynamics of how God relates to God's creation, how we're supposed to relate to one another. And so in one sense, you know, when we look at the scriptures, we see there is a vision that God has given us and an understanding that God has given us for what it means to, to relate to God and relate to one another. And so that, in one sense, is kind of just a general vision that God gives us of a way that, you know, maybe reality looks this way, but as we read the scriptures, we see that there is this other way, a deeper, truer way of knowing God that, that God is calling us to, that God has given us a vision. But then, and this is what's so important, is it's not just about going and I'm going to just read the Bible and I'm going to learn what it says so that I can have vision from God, but it's actually taking it a step further and realizing that there's this special expression of, of God's general direction that he gives us that's for our lives individually, that it's, it's based on our context, it's based on our season of life, it's based on our personalities, it's based on God-given limits that we have in any given time. And so then what we do is as we've studied scripture, God calls us to be in a place to seek out this, this insight of how to, how to apply God's general vision specifically to us. And so here at Essence Place, uh, to help you kind of understand how this fits when it's this idea of vision, like on any given Sunday, what you hear in preaching and teaching um, from Pastor Kristen or myself, there, there's both of these things happening. There's us saying, okay, well, let's look to the Word of God. Maybe it's around a topic or just studying a passage of Scripture, and we're going to see the general vision that God has laid out for creation, for all people, for, for the world in general, like the, the, the understanding generally of God's vision. But then at the same time, you'll hear in preaching and teaching, well, let's take that general vision, kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word generic because then that feels like it, it cheapens what's there, but it's general, it's kind of generally applied, but let's take that and then now let's get into the specifics of how does that relate to me? 
How does that, that general vision of God relate to you individually? What, how do we apply it to us um, specifically as a church community? And so when we're in this place of saying we want to see a refreshed vision, what we're doing is we're saying, well, let's take a step back, and especially in the season of praying and fasting, and let's, let's seek from God a refreshed vision to understand first just that, that general vision that God has given us through, through um, revealed through God's word, and then let's figure out and listen to the Holy Spirit about how we are specifically supposed to play that out in our lives and within our church. So think about it this way. Maybe you did this. Last Sunday, I challenged you to take Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through um, 18, and to read through that several times and, and to study what Paul is saying there to the church in Romans. And then to take that of what Paul's writing there and, and to study it and listen to it and then hear what God's speaking to you. So let's put it on the screen real quick because I want to I give us an explanation here before we get any further. Just a, a real example of um, how this works when it comes to seeking God's vision. So we have, um, do you have it for the screen there, bud? Yeah, so Romans chapter 12, starting in verse number 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable, and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And so if we're coming at a passage of Scripture like this in a place of, of seeking for God to, to refresh our vision, there's two ways that we're approaching the scripture here. One is just generally receiving what God is saying to us when, when we read through a passage like this and seeing that, that, you know, the scripture writer Paul is listing out some things for all Christians at any time. If you're following Jesus, this is how you should be living. This is how you should be relating. He names things like don't pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what's wrong. Show each other genuine affection. Work hard to serve the Lord. Rejoice in our confident hope. Like he's listing out, this is why I picked this passage as an example. It's like a bullet point list almost of like Paul's listing all these characteristics, these attributes, and what he's creating here is what? It's a vision. It's a picture of a Christian who is, who is living fully in a, in a healthy way and, and having even a high level of um, emotional health and in relation to others. And, and so Paul lists all of that out. And for us, we can approach a scripture like that. We can read it and we can say, okay, I get the general vision of what God is saying here. I, I, can, I can receive it. I can study it. I can make some notes about it. But there's a second step to this, and especially when we talk about refreshing vision that's so important, is for us to then prayerfully take passages like this and say, okay, God, let's bring it into my context. Let's bring it into to me as a person. Like, if you've given me this vision of how people who follow Jesus are supposed to live, then how do I actually apply that? How do I actually take what you've listed out here and realize that, okay, for me to, to really genuinely love people, I need to think about, well, who are the people you've given me to love? And, and, and then we start creating a deeper and, and more detailed vision for our lives. 
And what's going to happen here, this is, this is the, this, the side effect of all of this, is we're actually going to realize there's a gap between maybe where we are right now and the vision that God has given us, not just generally for you know, all Christians, but when God starts giving us a specific vision for our lives of how we should live, then we're going to realize, okay, maybe there's, there's some um, space to cover in between where I am and the vision of where God wants me to be. And so then we read passages like this, and we see a verse that says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And as we read that and we start to pray to God for a, a detailed, specific vision for our lives, we start realizing, okay, God, I have some work to do. We, you and I, God, have some work to do because I need to get to a place where I'm not paying back evil with more evil. I'm not reacting to someone. But God, you've given me a vision for my life that by the Holy Spirit, there's some ground to cover and I can run with endurance and I can come to a place of living at peace with everyone. And so then we get to this place, and I hope you're seeing where this idea of vision is not just, you know, a, a corporation vision where, you know, it's something that gets put on the wall or, or put in the footer of an email of like, oh, we affirm these things, like we as a company value these things, but realizing that when it comes to a spiritual context, what we're doing is we're being informed by the word of God, and then we're applying that vision to our life specifically by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then we move into a place where God has such opportunity to work in our lives. Because I can promise you, this is just one passage of scripture. As we look at the scriptures overall, we see that there are so many ways that God gives us that general vision to be able to apply it specifically to our lives. And this is where scripture becomes so timeless. This is where scripture has this ability to speak beyond centuries from when it was written to now, because we have this way of seeing the general vision, this revelation that God has given us, and to bring it into our context by the power of the Holy Spirit to then live by faith, walking with God. And it, so for us, as we move into this place of, of praying for God to refresh our vision, it's not, it's not just something that's like, okay, God, help me to, again, figure out, like, how, how, how should I live? How should I relate to others? But it's actually purposely listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I'm going to do some work with you to figure out where, where is the path that you have me on? Where is it heading? Give me a fresh vision for that. And then, Lord, help empower me to work toward that. So let's look at this. So we talked about, you know, just generally what is vision. But then secondly, we, I want to talk about like what is vision and, and praying for a refreshed vision for Essence Place, for us as a church. You know, Essence Place at, at this point, um, we're almost three years old. Um, next month, March, will be our, yeah, we can celebrate that. Come on. Yeah. It's so crazy. I've, I, again, I've mentioned this recently where a year ago, March, as our country was shutting down, Essence Place was supposed to be celebrating our second birthday. And so we've lived year three that we're about to complete um, with all the COVID restrictions and all those dynamics. And um, it's just, it's been wild. It's been crazy. And so there is something to celebrate that, you know what, this does not look how we preferred it. This was never the vision of what um, was ever in the plans for Essence Place as a church. But one of the things, as we're in this place of praying um, for these 21 days of praying and fasting, we're praying for God to refresh our vision and say, okay, God, for Essence Place as a church, there are things that you have called us to as the people of God, specifically like this combination of people to put together in this place in this time 
for us to do and be in our world with you, God. And so we want to hear from you. We want to receive from you. And so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to take just a minute take a step back in time a little bit and, and bring you into some of the, the way that the vision for Essence Place was developed. It worked in the exact same way of what I've, I've been describing here as we approach Scripture and as we pray for God to speak to us. You know, when we were working to start Essence Place starting in, you know, late 2016 and through 2017 to start the church uh, meeting weekly on Sundays in 2018, it first started with a, a vision, a dream in Pastor Kristen and my's heart where I, I can go back, I can take you to the, the park and the picnic table where we were sitting and journaling and we were dreaming about what could a church, a new expression of a church look like and listening to God and praying through that. But the way that we developed a vision for Essence Place wasn't based off of preferences. It wasn't based off of a, a stereotype of what a church should be or what we didn't like about a church. It wasn't based off of anything. But what we literally did was we went back to a place of saying, okay, well, let's look at the scriptures. What does God call believers who are in community to, to how, how does God inform us for how we should relate, how we should care for one another? What does it look like for a community of faith to care for those that are not just part of that church, but just part of their, their community in general? And, and to be prayerfully studying God's word and then believing for God to give a, a clear, specific vision for what that would look like and giving it a name, Essence Place, and whatever would fit under the umbrella of Essence Place. And so in the beginning, as we even started working to, to build a launch team that would start a church, we started formalizing some language. And um, we have it to put on the screen. Hopefully there's a lot of words to go up there, so hopefully it's legible, but I'll read it quickly for you. But we formalized a, a specific, like a vision statement, a purpose statement for Essence Place as a church and saying, Essence Place is a church and center for community that will... Create space to experience holistic transformation by God and give authentic care for all people. And so it was this kind of just general application of saying, like, this is what we're created to do. This is what we're here for, is to have space where God can work holistically in people's life that would give care to people. But then, secondly, we moved to a place of saying, you know, we believe that Essence Place exists to, number one, embrace community, leading to belonging. Experience hope through relationship with God and others. Engage in holistic inward transformation for a loving impact. Establish healthy, balanced lives as individuals and families. Express authentic care for all humankind. And then just giving kind of that, that finalizing statement of saying a church, Essence Place will be a church that's creating space for community, transformation, and impact. Just ways of kind of giving three clear statements, words to kind of hold on to that then gives us organization for what we do as a church. But here's the thing. This, this vision for Essence Place didn't come out of meeting with a business guru of saying, okay, well, let's figure out, you know, your, your marketing statistics and, and your, to get a big, greater market share to what we would do as a church. It wasn't driving for, like, trying to, to have a, an appeal this way or that way, but it was coming to a place where we went back to the Word of God, and we prayerfully said, God, what have you called all believers to do and be in this world? And what are you calling this church to be? And so then we come to a place of scriptures like Matthew 28, 19, that, where Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, I have, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we read a verse of scripture and we pray about it and we say, God, 
how does, how does Essence Place, this, this church, like how does it relate to this? Well, we have a responsibility to, to make disciples. That means teaching people about you. And so we're going to put that up as a value of what, you know, Essence Place is supposed to be. And we're going to incorporate that into our vision, that there's regular teaching of what it means to follow you, Jesus. And then um, knowing that there's going to be this, this overflow of as others are taught, then they're teaching others. And there's this way of, of care for a community. Then we come to another verse of Scripture in First Thessalonians 5.23 where again, the scripture writer is is praying for those that are reading the letter. And he says, may God himself, the God of all peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we read that and we say, you know what, God, that is important, that our whole being, our spirit, our soul, our body would be renewed and kept blameless and holy before you. And so, you know what, as a church, I think it's important for us to be caring for people, not just teaching them about the Bible, but seeing that it actually relates to, to the way that we, we think about the world and that our mental health matters, our physical health matters, and seeing that there's this overall encompassing that if somebody is really hungry because they don't have the means of being able to feed themselves, well, then they need to be able to eat. And at the same time, as if we're able to participate in that and we're doing a food drive and we're giving food to people that need it, what we're doing is we're helping them experience this wholeness in their body that you have called us to do and be as people who follow Jesus. And so we need that to be part of the vision that Essence Place is called to be in this world. I'm going to go through a couple more. I'm being mindful of the time, though, but I'm going to go through a couple more. Acts 2, 42, related to what I was just saying, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And then it says a few verses later that as they were engaged in this activity of caring for each other and, and the teaching that's happening in the prayer there, that God continued adding to their numbers, that God was building the church through this, this care for one another and sharing meals. And so we look at it and we say, okay, God, we need to be committed to teaching, but we need to be committed to relationships with one another. One more, Matthew 5. This is the teaching of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights the lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And as we're praying for a vision for Essence Place and we come across a scripture like this and we, we're studying it, we realize that the, the general vision there is like, yeah, Jesus has called all of us to be a light in the world, but what would it look like for Essence Place for us to be salt that doesn't lose its saltiness, to be a light that, that it's not hidden, but it actually shines brightly? And so, God, how do we help to teach that and incorporate that in everything that we do as a church to be a place where people are experiencing the light of God, the hope of Christ Jesus, and that through that, what happens is we don't get praised. What does Jesus say? As that happens and these good deeds are shining out for all to see, people are praising our heavenly father. And so we say, okay, well, when we're, we're doing whatever it is, God, that you've called us to do, and as we're finding those unique expressions of that as the body of Christ, we're going to realize that as, as there's, there's celebration and there's glory that comes, it's all for you. It's all for you, God. And so as we see these verses and so many others, what they start to do is they build this, this general framework that then we start to hang some of the details of what Essence Place can be and the vision for what it is supposed to be upon this. And, and we start to inform that. Let's look at, um, I'm, I just want to quickly put this on the screen, and I realize it's going to be way too small for you to be able to see it, but go ahead and put the one that says mind map on there. This looks like a little spider's web. 
Okay, so one of the things that Pastor Kristen and I did, and then as we were dreaming in a team of what Essence Place could be, we started grabbing all the, the ideas and things that God was spurring in our heart that aren't necessarily spelled out in the words of Scripture, but in a 2000, well, 2018 to now 2021 context of what the expression, the modern like, contemporary expression of what we read in the Bible could be, we started capturing all these ideas. And we're like, okay, we need to organize this in some sort of way. So we created this mind map and we said, well, we believe that God cares for our spirit, cares for our body, cares for our soul, our mental, emotional health. And so we said, well, we're going to start committing ourselves to praying that God would allow us to be able to be expressions of these things. And so there's things listed on here like Sunday worship and, and liturgy as a church, prayer groups, seeing um, small groups happening, Bible studying. Like, okay, well, that, that looks kind of like church as we know it. But then there's this possibility of a community impact where we could be participating in missions and, and help supporting other churches that are being planted or missionaries that are working other places around the world, that we could have community events where we care for our community. We'd have city care where we're helping partner with a school or some other organization um, uh, related to our body. I mean, Essence Place, we could do things that are like a fitness class. We could have small groups related to you know nutritional support for those that need it. We can have dinner groups where people are just building relationship for those that you know maybe live alone and live in isolation. They come together and have just care through relationships. That way we start thinking about the creative arts of like what we could do to serve our community through the creative arts. Emotional health of like mentoring, coaching, teaching on what it means to have mental and emotional health. Even like family um, health where related to like parenting and relationships with one another. And so we get to this place where it's like all these ideas start spinning out. And it's not just ideas of like, wouldn't that be a lot of fun? What it was based on and what it's coming from is as we study the word of God and we see, okay, in the early church, it didn't look like this. But under the surface, the deeper place where it's flowing from is this empowerment of the Holy Spirit to have a vision for what it means when people who are following Jesus are joined together and committed to God's vision and working in the same way. There's a multitude of ways that that expression can come out. Now, here's the thing. Over the last year or so, with the restrictions that have come from 2020 and, and how we can meet and the way that you know, we relate to the community and, and, and interact with one another. In a lot of ways, what happened for Essence Place was this shift to a place of just survival. I know you felt it, I felt it. This place of like, we, we just gotta get through this. Like, it's a pandemic. We don't even, I mean, the last pandemic was 100 years ago. Like, we don't even know, like, what is this actually like? And, and all the cultural shifts that start happening. And, for so many of us and so many organizations, we just moved to a place where we're just, we're just trying to survive, to get from one week to one month to the next to the next and, and praying, okay, the, there's got to be an end in sight somewhere. And so then what does that do for our vision? It becomes like the boxes in my hallway or like the wallpaper on the wall where we stop kind of seeing the bigger picture of what God's called us to do. And we're just, we're just trying to navigate, just trying to get through. And so what we do is we begin to pray for God to refresh our vision we come back to, okay, God, what do we know that you've spoken? What does your word say about relationships of um, believers to one another, relationships caring for their community, or Christians caring for their community, caring for others in the world? And we start to go back to the place of going, you know what? No, God, we know you've called us specifically to do something and be something in our world that is an expression of you, like that light on a hill that shines bright so that all can see and so that, God, you would get the glory. And so then we come back to a place of going, okay, God, through these 21 days of praying and fasting, what we're doing is we're not just, you know, seeking and praying for God to work a miracle in this situation or that situation. But part of what we're praying is that God would refresh our vision with a bright hope for the future and realizing there's still so much more that God desires to do. 
Yes, under the umbrella, under the name of Essence Place, there are things that God desires for us to do. Some of the things on that mind map, we've done them. We've, in, in small ways, we've experienced them. But there's still a fullness to what God can do and desires to do through us as a church. But it takes us being in a place of committing, God, refresh our vision again. Help us to lift our eyes off of the, the fear of our, our current circumstances and to see, God, there is so much more that you desire to do here that extends far beyond just getting through a pandemic. And so, God, we're in this place of we want to receive from you and embrace a fresh and new vision, and we, we desire for that. But here's, here's the second part of that, is that it's not just praying for a refreshed vision for Essence Place, but it's you being in a place of praying for a refreshed vision for your life. Of coming to a place, and this is the point number three, of understanding that in a season of fasting and praying, what you are doing is you are doing the work of refreshing your vision. If you're taking that prayer guide daily and you're reading those scriptures and you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're, maybe you're journaling some things, what you're doing is you're allowing your vision to be refreshed by what God's word says and then prayerfully listening, okay, God, how do I apply this to my life? How do I bring this into a place of, of listening to what you're saying and trusting, God, that you're speaking to me and that you're giving me a vision of what my life needs to be and then empowering me for how I can get there, how I can move toward that? And this has been the way that God has worked with God's people from the beginning of time. God calls out a name. God gives an instruction. God places a, a burning desire within the heart of an individual or a group of people, and then he gives them the empowerment to move. God gives them the strength to take action on it. And sometimes it happens just in simple ways. You know, Jesus was pressed by the, the religious leaders of his day, and they, they were asking him, you know, what's the most important law? What's the, you know, of all the, the religious laws, what's the most important one? And he comes back with referencing Deuteronomy 6, and then he adds to it um, Leviticus uh, 19. And in, in those two verses, what is being said there is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and your strength, and, and then um, to love your neighbor as yourself. And he brings these two commandments together, and he says, those are, those are the most important things. Like, this is what you, you should be committed to. And then as he's saying it, he's not just having a conversation challenging a, a religious leader or responding to their challenge of him, but he realizes there are others that are listening that are within earshot of what he's saying. And then what he's doing is he's painting for them, again, a picture of, of the way, a vision for what their life could be, should be. And as those that were culturally Jewish, they would have been taught these verses from the time that they were a child. But then they see in Jesus the embodiment, this, the general, yes, the general vision, but the embodiment specifically of what it means to be one who loves the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see with Jesus how it's not just the, the studying and the memorizing of scripture that was so powerful and important, even in his interactions with different people, but it was his way of taking what was existing in culture and religion and then bringing it into a place of, of embodiment and saying, like, this is how we live that out. We're going to care for those who are sick. The untouchable, we're going to go and we're going we're gonna to care for them. We're going to feed them. Those that um, are, are of those people that we shouldn't have relationship with that have been cut off culturally, we're actually going to spend time with them. We're going to talk to them. We're going to care and love for them. And then what he's doing is he's, he's refreshing a vision for people where they can bring that and apply that to their lives individually. And so when you're in this place of praying and fasting like you are now, part of what you need to be asking yourself is, you know, am I actually living from God's vision for me? Am I living from God's vision for me? Like, think about it. Like, 
as, as you ask yourself that question, it, there's a pause that we should have in our heart and to, to ask, like, is, is the vision that I'm living my life by, is it built from God's vision for me or is it built from some sort of, some sort of stereotype, you know, from what we think Christian culture is supposed to be? Is it built around this way of like, you know, we've created this picture just in our mind of like what the perfect person is supposed to be, and then we're just kind of uh, hopelessly seeking to try to act that out? Or have we actually genuinely spend time with God and God's word to develop a vision for our life that is a vision based on who God has called us to be and what God wants for us? And so, we have to realize, and again, this is just kind of a, a word of warning, is that we, when we attempt to live under demands and expectations of a vision that's detached from what God has actually spoken, it leads to a place of, of guilt and shame. It leads to a place of feeling like I'm never enough. It leads to a place of um, unrealistic expectations that bring disappointment continually one after another after another. And so the list can go on because what happens is we start to create this picture of our life that's actually detached from what God has ever called us and asked us to be. And so then it's like, you know, the, the, the hamster in the wheel and we're just running, 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 but we're not getting anywhere because that's not actually truly who God has called us to be. Even for myself, I've been in this place at different times and, and even recently where I've had to come back to a place and go, okay, God, help me to reexamine my life and what I'm working toward, like what I feel like are priorities for my life and, and to truly listen, God, is that something that you have asked of me or is that something I picked up along the way? or somebody else has put on me, or I just kind of see in, in church culture, or for me as a pastor, like I see other pastors doing it, and I feel like, well, I'm supposed to be doing that, or, or that's the right way, or that's the perfect way, and I've had to go to this place of, okay, God, let me pull back and evaluate what is the vision that I'm living my life by? Am I living it by a vision that is actually first grounded in your word of who you say I am, and then a vision that comes specifically to, okay, if this is who you say I am, then this is who Brad Cossey is supposed to be today in 2021, and this is how I'm supposed to be living. And then if there is a gap, then I've got some work to do with me and God, and God is going to help me to overcome that. Does that make, I hope that kind of makes sense because it's coming from a place of recognizing that sometimes we pick up these expectations that are not things that God has ever placed on us. We, we, we heard it, you know, maybe misteach, mistaught. Oh, that was really bad grammar. Mis... <laughs> mistaught, misapplied. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought there. In, in, in other contexts, in other ways, and then we've kind of just held on to things that God has never actually called us to do and be and live. And so in a place where we're praying for a refreshed vision from God, we realize where part of it is God's already given us a vision for our lives. We can go to the scriptures and we can read them and prayerfully just be in a place of listening to God. This is who you say I am. And so am I going to live from that? Am I, going to, am I going to just receive from that? Am I comfortable just being in a place of just being? You heard Pastor Kristen talking about it this morning, this place of saying, okay, you're a good heavenly father and I'm loved by you. And so that's a vision for our life that we need to hold up. We need to put that into part of the vision that God has given us. And are we comfortable just resting in a place of saying, okay, God, you're good, you love me. And I, I, I'm able to receive that and accept that. And then where I feel challenge and resistance to that, I'm going to allow you by the Holy Spirit to help work in me so that I can be in a place of living in the fullness of what it means to be dearly loved by you, to be the beloved of God, the child of God, the son or daughter of God. I'm going to bring this into it for a landing because I just want to be careful on time here. I could keep going because I get excited about it. But um, 
there's some of it for us when we think about this of like developing a vision for our life or, or refreshing a vision for our life. It can sometimes feel like we need this like, you know, prophetic, thus saith the Lord, like the, the loud voice of God, like speaking, you know, or like the, the not spam text message that we get from God and like God just spells it out. And it's like, it's so clear and now I have it and ah, oh, it's so easy. But reality is the way, and I hope you're getting this this morning, that the way that we receive a vision from God is by engaging with the word of God and then doing the work of spending time with God in prayer. And that's why in this season of praying and fasting, like we're encouraging you so much to be praying, fasting, reading God's word, and then journaling. What is God speaking to you? Because those are the things that start to change and transform your vision, vision for yourself, for for the body of Christ. There are verses of scripture that you can pray through and, and study. I mean, there's so many across the Bible, but you take a, a passage like Jeremiah 29, 11, 29, 11 through 14, maybe familiar for a lot of us, and it gets used in a lot of different ways. But in Jeremiah 29, God speaks this, this blessing over God's people, and, and by association, we, we apply the same blessing to us, but it's this ancient promise of God where in verse 11, God speaks to the people and says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. So it's like here, God is already, he's giving us a vision, a picture, right? He's saying like, I know you. Like, I am, I'm for you. I have plans for you. And here's the way. Here's the way that you find it. You pray. You seek me wholeheartedly. And then when you do that, you'll find me. Seems like pretty clear, simple steps, right? Stepping stones, one thing, the next, the next. But we realize in that process, as God has laid out this vision, that there's work to do. That word wholeheartedly in the Hebrew is actually two Hebrew words there. And it literally means to, to encompass the whole of something. And then the heart part of it is, is the idea of like the center of a person's being. And so it's, it's meant to create this visual image of like this, like spiraling out from the center of a person, like it's working its way outward. And so when, when God is calling the people and he says, when you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. It's this idea of like radiating out from the core, the bedrock of who you are. When you're seeking me and it's radiating out from the center of who you are, you will find me. Like, like I'm there. So it's not like vain effort or empty efforts, but it's in this place of when we're seeking God, we're praying for a refreshed vision, for God to renew our understanding of ourselves, of the world. What we're doing is we're, we're releasing our expectations. We're allowing, you know, that, that vision board to maybe be wiped clean and then saying, God, okay, as I release these unhealthy demands, unhealthy expectations, I simply just want to receive from you. And God will do it. That's the promise of who God is. And so again, like when we talk about having vision or God refreshing our vision, it's not this place of like, empty, like vain striving, but it's actually grounded in our deep belonging and trust that we have in God, that God is with us and that God is for us. And so as even this week, as you're praying for God to refresh your vision, it's not refresh your vision so you can get your five-year plan, you know, and, and know, okay, I need this and I need that. But I think it's important for us to realize that as God is speaking to us about refresh vision, clarity for big life decisions will, will come out of that. When we hit those crossroads and we need to decide which way to go, God will give us a vision and an understanding for what to do in those moments. But when we talk about having restored vision, 
It's this place of going back to that, like Deuteronomy 6 that Jesus referred to of saying, God, I am going to love you with my whole heart, my, my, my whole soul, my, when all my strength, my commitment to you is that all that I am is for you. And then in that place, it becomes just this fertile ground for God to speak to us. So I want to invite you, if, if you feel comfortable, to, to bow your head for a moment. And I'm going to just bring us into a place of just a, a prayer response and, and listening, to, um, listening to the Holy Spirit in this moment now. Because I realize there's kind of two ways that this, that this works for us. Um, and I've already laid it out here. You have first just your own personal, individual response to God. Of as you pray for um, vision and a refreshed vision, there's going to be a discovery of places where what is your life, what, what, what are the things that are a part of your life and your patterns and your ways of living, there are going to be things that are, are shown and discovered and praying fasting really uncovers things that are not part of the vision of what God has for you. And so as, as we pray for refreshed vision, there's some of it where it's just coming to a place, okay, God, like help me to surrender holy everything to you again and in a wholehearted way from the center of my being just like radiating out that everything would be for you and yours and then in that there's that surrender of okay god whatever it is i'm in i'm committed but then secondly as we talked about there's this this refresh of vision for us as as a community of faith for for what kind of falls under the umbrella of essence place and realizing that yeah this last year man was not not only was it not preferred, nobody would have chosen that. And there's a lot of things that's going to be a, a del- delayed long-term impact of the way that we've had to walk through this last year and the way that we've tried to maintain community together. But we realize that there is hope that is found in Christ Jesus when we turn our eyes and our vision toward God. We come back to a place of centering again, once again, and saying, Lord, I am yours individually, but also I'm committed to your body, to your church. You know, Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians and in other places where the, the church, the people of God are, are described as being a body with many different parts, hands, feet, you know, eyes, ears, and that each part has its own part to play. And that as they come together, there's this unifying that then gives the strength to be able to do something, be something, and express something of God in the world. And so you're even going to hear, you know, next Sunday, we're, we're looking at that renewed commitment. And then in the weeks coming, we're we're going to be sharing and, and praying about as a church what it means to, to have a refreshed and a renewed commitment to, to what that um, expression of essence place in the world is supposed to be going forward. And I'm so excited because I believe that, you know, God's, God's not done here, not, not done with you, and God's not done with essence place. He didn't abandon us. He didn't leave us on our own. And that God has given us this sustained power that has brought us to today and that there is something big in God's vision still for your life, for my life, and then for us together. So let's listen to the Holy Spirit for a moment now as we pray together. God, I thank you that you have called us your children. God, your word says it in in so many different ways that we are your dearly beloved. That you created us, you formed us, you shaped us into the, the people that we are with the gifts and abilities and talents that you've given us. God, even in the places where we we feel the struggle with life, struggles with temptation, the fight against the temptation and sins that are a part of this world, we realize, God, that you still love us fully and completely. 
that your heart is toward us as your people. And so God, as we, we turn our thoughts to this idea of seeing a refreshed vision from you, really what we're doing, God, is we're praying that we would release our expectations, that we would release our demands, that we would be willing to lay down our, our wants and desires so that, God, we can hear freshly and clearly from you and what you have for us. God, I'm so thankful for your word that speaks truth, your word that has laid out for, for centuries what it means to know you, the divine, the unknowable, the incomprehensible, and to actually be in relationship with you. And the fact that um, we have even just any sort of attempt to be able to wrap our mind around that is just pretty incredible. And then to think, God, that also through your word, you've given us instruction. You've given us example of what it means to, to care for our world, to care for other people, what it means to be cared for by others, what it means to be challenged in places of faith and, and how to take bold steps of faith, that all of that's captured in your words in the scripture. And that by your Holy Spirit, you give us the ability to not just have this kind of distant, far off, ancient vision of what it means to be a Christ follower, but to realize that by the Holy Spirit, you empower us to live out of that in a daily way to bring that into the context of, of how we relate to others in, in 2021 and what it means to, to walk through the, the challenges and difficulties of our day, but doing it with a vision that comes directly from you. And so God, I pray for your people and I pray for your church that you would help us, God, to, to have a refreshed vision that, that fills our eyes and our hearts with just a sense of awe and wonder at the greatness of who you are that would bring us into a place of a humility before you, not, in, not in, in condemnation or belittling, but just a place of humility before you that we get to be part of what you, God, desire to do in this world. And God, I am so thankful that I get to partner with you. God, that you would fill our hearts and our spirits with joy and hope and great expectations for what you are going to do, both through us individually and collectively. And so, God, we commit ourselves over the next seven days to be praying for what it means to have a vision for our lives and for this world that comes directly from you. I pray, God, that you would empower us to listen clearly and to be able to capture what you're speaking, even if it feels like it's miles away from where we are now, to know, God, that as we run the race with endurance, you give us strength, and that that strength and that endurance develops our character that leads us to a confident hope of our salvation in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, as we pray all this, we pray this in the name of Jesus, that wonderful name. Amen.